Welcome to another episode of the Film Box Podcast. Have you ever wanted to listen to a couple guys in their 20s go in-depth on your favorite movies, spanning back from before they were born all the way to the modern day? Do you want to know once and for all which movie in a given genre, going back the last 40 plus years, reigns supreme? Well, on this podcast, we review films from each decade within a certain genre and then compare them in a bracket-style challenge to see which film comes out on top and is declared champion. I'm your host, Aaron Souza. And joined with me today are a couple of dudes who probably wouldn't sell anything if they were going on a uh, month-long sales road trip. It's Connor Jameson and Sam Majewski. Hello. Once again, you're very bold with your assumptions. (laughs) You don't know me. Hey, look, all right? I'm just going with with how I feel in the moment. And in the moment, I feel like that's what's going to happen. This is slanderous. (laughs) Well... We're in November, guys. It's finally, we're finally past Horror Movie Month, and I'm very excited. Um, we, uh, <laughs> it's, it was a long month. We watched a lot of horror, uh, but now we're, we've moved on, we've moved past it, and we have now started the next theme, which is movies from comedy legends. And to start us off, what better movie to start us off with than, uh, than the great... Tommy Boy from 1995. Tommy Boy. I'm very excited for this movie. It was uh, is one that I had not seen before. I don't know if you guys had seen it before. Uh, but I hadn't, and it's been on my list, and I'm glad I've watched it. Yeah, it's you know, my it's, first time seeing it, too, so it was good. It, it's funny. I, I, I've seen this before this year, and I only remember seeing it because I just put my desk into like where i live and i just remember because it's got like the l-shape attachment i just remember turning over and i'm like i'm gonna put on tommy boy why not (laughs) it's interesting time for a first time viewing i guess (laughs) yeah it's uh constantine too i think wow and uh what's it called um taxi driver jesus what a selection yeah, just you went uh, all over the map. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no moods. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh my goodness. Um, well, before we get into the the meat and potatoes of this film, first we got to go over some production notes. So, this movie was released obviously March thirty first, nineteen ninety five, with a runtime of one hour and forty eight minutes. It was directed by Peter Siegel who also did The Longest Yard, 51st Dates, Anger Management, and Get Smart. So he's pretty prolific in the uh, comedy film space. 
uh, produced by the great Lauren Michaels, who, if you don't know, is uh, SNL. So, like, yeah. Um, I was trying and to by where that name hmm? was familiar. Yeah, uh, SNL, dude. I, I, haven't <laughs> watched, literally, I haven't watched they, SNL since I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. This was an SNL movie, like one of the first ones, really. Uh, it makes sense, I, yeah. I think. I'm too young for um, SNL. Fair. Uh, written by Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner, who also wrote Wayne's World and Coneheads. She was, they are, she, they were, uh, very prolific in writing some of these SNL, uh, films. Uh, with a budget of $20 million, this movie grossed. Can you guess what this movie made? In the nineties. I'm um, cheating. I'm looking at the number now, so I'll withhold. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this movie grossed worldwide thirty two point seven million. Oh, so barely profitable. <laughs> Profits a profit, as we will learn. Yeah, look, you know, in 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 a decade where comedy movies were like, I think at like an all time high, this movie barely broke even. <laughs> I mean, twelve twelve mil is almost thirteen mil. That's a that's like almost their budget. I mean, but when you've got like. Ace Ventura and The Mask and you know like all these like great Jim Carrey films and you've got you know it's just just the fact that you know it, it squeaked by a little bit in the grand scheme hmm, I guess but you know look 12 mil is 12 mil so maybe they did it there um yeah so Sam you want to bring us through some uh, some reviews some and see what the people thought of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So on Rotten Tomatoes for a um, to the tomato meter, the critics gave it a forty-one percent. Oof! Really? Damn. Yeah. Um, critics did not like this one. <laughs> apparently not. Um, and then we have an audience score of ninety percent. Holy Jesus! Nine zero. <laughs> My goodness. Is that is that the largest gap we've seen so far? I think, I think that so. might be the largest. That's insane. Makes wow, sense. A Fifty though. point swing. I mean, I I can see it a hundred percent. I absolutely see a bunch of pretentious critics being like, "Ugh, this the comedy landed flat for me." I was not a fan. It had of this no at all. compelling story. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was hard finding a bad review on this movie. Um, yeah, I had to go through like four pages before I found like a less than like a three star. See, yeah. I feel like I was like a dumb little baby with this because like after seeing Chris Farley run into like a window for like the fifth time, I was still <laughs> laughing at it. Exactly. Yeah, dude, it works. I, I was gonna point that out too. I, and I'll get to it, but like he he just hits so much stuff in this movie. The physical comedy is on point. I mean, but that's Chris Farley for you. He is the king of physical comedy. Physical comedy and scream comedy, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Son of a... <laughs> Holy shnikey. <laughs> um, it's just so quotable. Yeah, right. um, but I did find one one-star review. On Rotten oh. Tomatoes, I'll oh go over goodness. that one right now. Wow. Um, so this is from Andrew A, and it states, If you saw it for the first time in the 90s, maybe it was funny. But watching it for the first time in 2020, 
I made it about 30 minutes, didn't laugh once, and didn't want to waste any more of my time. Uh, I mean, all right. <laughs> he didn't even finish the movie. Like, it also, really? 2020? <laughs> Let me look at this through my lens of, the t- of today. I, I was like... Half the movies, half of the comedies made nowadays aren't even funny at all. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, most of the funny parts in this movie, at least to me, were in the first third of the movie. Yeah. Like, how do you not laugh once in the first third of this movie? Yeah. I, there was one line that actually made me, like, pause the movie because <laughs> it was that funny. I can't repeat it because it says a bad word in it, but. Oh, you can. Oh, oh, look. All right. It's part of the movie. You can say it. I'm not going to say it, but there's a scene where he's. Don't say it. (laughs) (laughs) We're still too young to be canceled. Look, we're not. Look. All right. No. Real talk. Real talk. Stop. This isn't high school English. (laughs) We're not. (laughs) We're not reading Mockingbird. (laughs) Yeah. What happens is Tommy's like dicking around and a bunch of executives look over at him and his dad's like, Tommy, are you okay? And he's like, ah, we, we, uh, I'm very stupid. But he doesn't say stupid. He says he's, he says the R word. Yeah, it's look, it's so funny because he like he tries to play it off. He's like, I was checking out the uh, the, the line manufacturing on the on the suspension heading here. And he just knows that no one's buying it. He's like, I'm I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> and then it's just hard cut. Just cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, that scene had me rolling. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, all right. Anyways. All right. And then I have a, <laughs> I have a five-star review from Noah G. Um, that says, One of the funniest movies I've ever seen, Chris Farley and David Spade, are my favorite comedy movie duo. The end of the film made me wonder what we could have seen from Farley if he hadn't gone too soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. R.I.P. Rest in peace. You know, I was thinking about this one. I'm like, you know what show he would have been great in? He would have been great The Office. Oh, my God. Yep. I think he would have been hilarious in that show as some kind of character. Imagine if he was like, if he was Kevin. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. I, he would definitely do well in a show where it it's scripted, but it doesn't feel scripted. Yeah, right. Huh. Um, All right. And yeah, do you have got, some trivia for us? Yeah, I got a couple of points of trivia. Um, first one um, we'll go over is that the movie Tommy Boy was actually Quentin Tarantino's is, is one of his favorite movies. Which, no shit. Which is like, I'm like, wait a second. Quentin Tarantino, the one that has um, blood and gore in every single one of his and movies. Feet. <laughs> and, and feet. And is also one of the greatest filmmakers ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I think the point says he like plays at parties and stuff too on like the big screen. <laughs> I can so see that. I did see that. Imagine he brings all over like all of his pretentious film snob friends and he's like, come, come check out this great movie. And they just play Tommy Boy for the, to them for like the eighth time, and they're like, "Quentin, stop it!" But none of them's gonna say anything because it's Quentin Tarantino, and you don't want to be on his bad side. Now, see, I feel like it's the other way. Like he brings over everyone, like Scorsese, Guillermo del Toro, <laughs> and they just are loving it each time. 
Yeah, so all, like, oh. and all, yeah, all of those <laughs> guys are like, yeah, this is awesome. This Chris Farley fella. Man. Yeah. Oh, um, another one is that the you know the obviously the famous deer scene deer in the in the car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it actually took him 5 weeks to film the shot Jesus. of the deer standing on the car <laughs> they even Jeez, like had a 5 hi- weeks yeah they had like a hire like a trainer to like feed the deer and like yeah <laughs> oh my god that's crazy worth it though yeah well I- you know what's funny this is com- not even com- related to anything but it just made me think of, I forget, there was one horror movie where they were filming by, like, a lake swamp area, and they were scared of alligators. So they hired, like, a gator wrangler or whatever. And well after the movie got made, he was like, I got paid to do nothing. Gators don't come out in the cold. <laughs> there, there was never anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I wish I remembered what movie it was. I wouldn't have said anything either. I would have been like, yeah, I'll come get paid um, for for, for uh, nothing. Yeah, I'll make sure there's no alligators here. (laughs) Maybe it was crocodiles. I I still can't tell the difference between the two. There is no difference. Sharks. There's no difference. I can tell you any sort of differences. (laughs) Reptiles. I like sharks. (laughs) Reptiles. I got nothing. And lemonade. Don't forget the lemonade, too. Sharks and lemonade. I'm the not, dynamic duo. I'm not passionate about lemonade, though. <laughs> He's like Bubba Gump for lemonade. I got all types of lemonade. I got strawberry lemonade, raspberry lemonade, blueberry lemonade. <laughs> can make lemonade in a pot. In a glass. In a bowl. All right, all right. It's <laughs> enough lemonade talk. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of drinks, this brings into my next uh, next trivia point, um, which is uh, that Chris Farley had a coffee addiction while filming this movie. And <laughs> guess how many cups he of cappuccino he would drink a day? Yeah, just guess. Five, ten, twenty-seven, twenty-seven. Jesus. <laughs> oh my lord! I'm like, I had to read that, reread that like four times. I'm like, twenty seven cups of freaking coffee a day. You know, what? And not just coffee, like cappuccino. Cappuccino, yeah. Again, uh, I don't want to derail this, but baseball playoffs playoffs are going on right now. Phillies. I forget who it was. He was saying how they drink the most coffee, and his quote was, "Nobody's beaned up like the Phillies." Nobody was beamed up like Chris Farley in the 90s. Yeah. 90s Chris Farley might take the cake. <laughs> and there was it was like some scenes he would like, right before the scene, he would drink like three cups. Jesus so, Which, I mean, dear. you could tell he was kind of like off, off is... his rocker in some of the scenes. Yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah. Which He's made him so good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's classic Chris. But yeah, that's, um, that's I all say I say as like I know him. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, all I got. Oh, so. Chris. Um, all right, cool. Well, before we get into this movie, we've got to watch the trailer, ladies and gentlemen, as we usually do. Are you guys ready to, to watch this trailer? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm good. All right, let's do it. Uh, press play in three, two, one, go.
Holy shnikes. Is that for me? No, son, that's for me. Yeah! <laughs> You know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I know. They're called doctors. This always has been, always will be a family firm. Oh, son of a... Someday my son will run it. Luke, Luke, I am your father. Hello. Oh, I've interrupted happy time. That's my name! Yeah, that's your new office now. Whoa! Do we really want to put the future of the company in Tommy's hands? Promise me you'll look after Tommy boy here till he gets his feet wet. Sure, and thanks for choosing me. Hey, Tommy, this is not a vacation for me. I'm out here against my will, so the least you can do is pretend to work. Ugh, I can actually hear you getting fatter. All right, it's sale time, so remember, we don't take... No for an answer. No. Okie dokie. I'm gonna pass. Gotcha, thanks. Oh, son of a... That's gonna leave a mark. Okay, let's check you out. All right. That's <laughs> a clip on. Huh? <laughs> Are you sure? Damn, <laughs> breathe! He's a big, dumb animal, isn't he, folks? No, son of a... What'd you do? I'm a maniac, maniac on the fall. Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? Oh my god. <laughs> that was my first time seeing that trailer. Uh, Same. Yep. And I didn't want to see it specifically because I wanted to see it for the first time on the podcast. And I legit laughed. I don't know if you could hear me, but I was I'll laughing the whole time. <laughs> I don't even know. The entire time. I don't know how <laughs> to describe this trailer. It is both. I, I understand nothing about this movie. It looks very poorly put together just like the what i it's like i want to see every second i want to watch this movie again <laughs> well i think it's it does so a, good. yeah i think it does a good job of like not giving away the plot yeah. yeah like the most it does is be like hey you're gonna be the you're gonna be in charge of the company but like the problem with a lot of trailer trailers nowadays it literally gives the whole plot <laughs> yeah and um it this one is just like did all the goofs and takes and stuff so yeah yeah so you get the you get real slapstick which is great yeah i mean we'll get into it when we talk about the plot but it, it's a pretty straightforward plot i feel like you don't mm-hmm. you don't need to be guided along with for it so you might as well <laughs> just let's let's see some of this chris farley comedy well, well speaking of now that we've gone through all the background uh, are you ready to take us moment by moment, Connor, through this movie? Sure. All right. Let's kick it off. So this movie opens up with a young Tommy boy running to catch his little school bus, which transitions to old Tommy boy running to his college class to take his final, final 
of college. Uh, he passes barely and graduates, so he heads back home. He meet, we meet Richard, who is played by David Spade, at the airport, and he takes him back home to Callahan Auto, the family business. Uh, it's an auto parts plant. As you saw in the trailer, he said it's always been like a family business. So as soon as Tommy gets back and graduated, Tommy is named an exec. Uh, while we take a tour of the uh, the plant, we also meet a woman named Michelle, who happens to be this movie's love interest. Uh, we go back to Tommy Boy and Big Tom's house, where we meet Beverly, the woman that Big Tom is marrying, as well as meeting her son, uh, Paul, who is played by a somehow uncredited Rob Lowe. Yeah, so I, I read after looking it up because I was like, I was I wanted to make sure that it was actually Rob Lowe. He said he wanted to be uncredited because it would be a surprise for people. Interesting. He was like, oh, I just want it to be a surprise. Hmm. Okay. I, I guess that is, it was a decent surprise. <laughs> well, I mean, he's in the trailer, so yeah, exactly. So, I mean, how how surprised can you be? It's, it's Paul Lowe. He's he's a very attractive man. You see that face, you know who he is. It's Paul Lowe, Rob Lowe. I <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Pablo. Um, <laughs> he's Pablo. Um, I I do like that whoever they got to play young Tommy is like he's like perfect. He he just is like yeah, that's that's Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> that's Chris Farley as a kid. Yeah, there's some bits that he does during this, like when he's sprinting to get to his class and he sees the women. So he's like, oh, let me let me saunter all cool, you know, and then yep. just takes off for sprinting and he gets to the doors and he can't get them open. So he's just screaming like, dear God, please not today. And then someone just walks by and opens it for him. Yep. Um, and there's also some duality in this that, that opening shot of like. He's running through the hedges, obviously, as a kid, and then runs through the same, like what looks like the same hedges mm-hmm. as a, as a young guy, and just runs right into a fence, which is amazing. Not just a fence; it was a brick wall. Oh, <laughs> uh, young Tommy! Did you notice young Tommy drops his history book, and then when he's in college, he's running to a history exam, ah. which which he like. Is not good at. Let's just get that right out of the way. Herbie and it's funny too, because like in my mind, I was like, "Oh, he's bad at history now because he dropped and lost his history book as a kid." Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just I like the how they they the Richard thing where it's like, "Oh, Richard's a kid," and then Richard's now a, a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're still connected somehow. Yeah. Um. I also want to point out real quick, when he's looking at his scores on the history final, did you guys notice any of the names? Yeah. So if you look closely at the list of names, like to see who passed the the history final, uh, Helen Keller is on the list and she got an F. Oh, jeez. I didn't even notice that. That's funny. Yep. 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 Also, worst history exam 
ever. For a college class, it's like, uh, I don't even remember the question, but it was like, uh, who signed the, the Declaration of Independence? Who the framers? Yeah, who the framers? Yeah. It was like, all right, here's Thomas Jefferson and blank Hancock. Her. Like how how, <laughs> how bad of a final is this? Yeah. Well, there's also a, um, a uh, I think it's you can tell it's kind of like an error, but um, I was reading that like John Hancock and Thomas Jefferson weren't actually framers of the Const- of the uh, Declaration of Independence. <laughs> nice. It was just James <laughs> Madison. So it's like nice. Good job. <laughs> they couldn't even <laughs> get it right. It's <laughs> all so part of the jokes. I do like yeah. I do like afterwards too. Like after he sees the score, he's like, "I passed, I passed," and he just grabs a random guy. Yeah, and he's like, "I passed." <laughs> I wish I knew you, cause this is getting awkward. <laughs> it's just it's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Like every scene that Chris Farley is in is just it's the best. He's, you can just tell that they're having a great time. Mm-hmm. Oh, another uh, another thing I like bringing up, or I like to see. Big Tom and Tommy Boy have a nice relationship. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of these movies, it's like, oh, here's my idiot man-child of a son. Mm. Like, I hate him. Yeah. Why won't he just grow up? But now here, they're like, he's, he's Tommy Boy. Yeah, that's something I noticed, too, is, like, the relationship between, you know, father-son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have, I, I honestly would have liked to see how big tom was as a kid and if he was like tommy boy when he was young because i get that feeling i get the feeling that like big tom was the the same kind of like slacker kind of dude and like because they have the same personality a hundred percent yeah big tom just strikes me as like 90s executive though so i feel like he's yeah a little sleazy you know the woman he is marrying quotes again. I keep doing air quotes, but I gotta mm-hmm. say, quote Mary uh, is like half his age. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, this happens. I do like the uh, the shot of like he's going down, like saying like you know my father or my grandfather started this place, and my father and my my aunt or whatever and then like the very next frame is Tommy Boy in like a little window and it's like and soon my kids will will own this place and it's like oh i like that little like visual nod to like oh it, Tommy Boy's not in the frame in like all the paintings but he's there he's on the wall yeah he's next yeah i like that i don't know that was i thought that was kind of neat yeah uh, there, there's just so many quotable lines just from this first part of it too. Yeah. Like when when um uh Tommy Tommy boy meets Paul. Uh, Paul Roblo is just like, "Yeah, I guess I'm your brother." Goes to shake his hand. Chris Farley's like, "Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers <laughs> got a hug." <laughs> Brothers got a hug. It's just the way he says it. Yeah. Um, That's a bummer. I also love, and it was in the trailer, but the paint chips line yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that came um, up a couple times. Yeah. It's like, did you eat paint chips as a kid? And he goes, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, 
man, that line with any other person wouldn't work. Yeah. I, I think uh, Chris Farley does play a very good dumb man child. Yeah. And David Spade is amazing as like the sarcastic straight man. What do you mean by straight man? What? What? <laughs> nah, he's a sort. Yeah, he's a he's a good nerd. Yeah, he's and he's the. I mean, that's what he is in every movie. He's the sarcastic guy who makes jokes at others' expense. Yeah, and it works every single time because he's so damn good at it. Yeah, normally I find that character annoying, but he towed the line just mm-hmm. enough for me. <laughs> um, I think, and I have a. Not a count, but I have a list of some of my favorite lines and, uh, from this movie. And one of my favorites, I think it might be my actual favorite, it's right like right before the wedding scene, which we're going to get to in a second, when he's talking with Michelle. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's like, I have what doctors call a little bit of a weight problem <laughs> with the quotes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that's, that line just hits me like, oh, my God, this guy is just so dumb. I love it. Yeah, it's like he's dumb, but he's aware. Yeah. Yeah, I like that line. But then she offered him coffee, which (laughs) as we have realized or learned. He's like, yeah. (laughs) I don't think he was acting. (laughs) Yeah, he probably wasn't acting right there. Just snapped him out of character. Yeah, coffee? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Three, please. Also, what about his... uh, like Paul's like, I want to do something dangerous, and and, and Tommy takes him cow tipping. You guys ever see um, what was that show like Back at the Barnyard or whatever? Yes, the sh- the show based on the movie. Yeah, Barnyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as like he was like explaining how to tip the cow, I all I can think of was. That's called cow tipping. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. <sighs> Man, Rob Lowe too. Like they set him up as a bad guy. Thirty seconds into his on-screen time, he yells or he doesn't yell at a kid, but he like slams the the, the window against the kid mm-hmm. and throws trash on a baby. And I'm like, damn, this guy sucks. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because, like, Rob Lowe is just not a bad guy. No, not at all. But I I guess a young Rob Lowe is. Mm. All right, are we ready to move to the next next scene? Mm-hmm. So, all right. as you had brought up, we have the wedding, Big Tom and Beverly. Everything's going well. Except Big Tom has a heart attack and bites it right up on stage. <laughs> the way you just said that, though, I'm sorry. Everything's going well, but Big Tom dead. <laughs> it's like everything's going well, but we ran out of shrimp cocktails about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> also, Big Tom just had a heart attack and keeled over. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Big Tom died. All the executives for Callahan Auto, they meet up to discuss selling to Zelensky, who is like this big corporation national, um, because Callahan Auto was introducing their their new brake pad division as the next big thing. But 
now that Big Tom is out of the picture, the bank reneges on their deal, um, and they are asking for all their debts to be paid. So Tommy decides to volunteer to go out and sell brake pads to show that they're uh, profitable. Poor old Richard gets dragged along with them. Um, and yeah, they have to... Uh, Tommy also stakes all of his shares uh, into this as well to buy them enough time to go out on their road trip and sell brake pads. And um, they suck at it. They're mm. terrible. Uh, there was that scene in the trailer where it's like, yeah, what's what's our rule? Not We're not taking no as an answer. No every single time. They're like, all right. No, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No. Um, all righty then. So I do, I did like the wedding and I just, uh, I like the wedding. I thought it was cool how like they kind of show don't tell how popular Big Tom actually was mm-hmm. uh, because there was a, a boatload of people. Yeah, I think that's just par for the course when you're, uh, when you're the uh, head executive of like the company that is employing most of the town. Yeah. Um and his death like I actually was not expecting it and it hit me hard. Like I was like, "Damn. That sucks." There's also a scene um I guess before the wedding where uh Tommy and Michelle are out on Tommy's boat, just like a little dinghy. Um yeah, that was just after. Just after uh, the wedding and uh, uh, just after the yep. funeral. Yeah, um, yep. that scene cracked me up. They're out on on this little boat, and there's like a bunch of kids just making fat jokes at uh, Tommy, and he's he's like he's like trying to play it off. He's like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, like you got a whale on board, and he's like. If you guys don't shut up, I'll come over there and I'll kick your fucking asses or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't swear in front of the lady. And then finally, Michelle stands up and she says, I, I will kill you in your sleep, essentially. I know where you <laughs> live or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't, I actually didn't really like that scene. I just, really? I, to me, it felt forced. Like, I, I was just like, okay, this is enough. But for the very brief little bit, like in the beginning of that scene where we get to like actually see Chris Farley act, you know, and not just be like the comedy slapstick kind of guy. I was like, damn, like he, he, I, it's so sad that he passed away because if he had had the chance to like a lot of these comedic actors have done, like you do all your comedy movies and then you start to move into more serious dramatic roles. Like, I don't know. I feel like he would have been, amazing as a dramatic actor too Mm -hmm. and you get a little bit like you can see tommy starting to tear up a little bit talking about his dad and how much he misses him and i was like i was like damn like that's that hurts Mm -hmm. yeah in i guess in in terms of like scene construction i would have much rather they just had like a more serious scene instead Mm -hmm. of feeling like uh we we can't get too serious we got to 
insert some jokes. Yeah, I guess that's why, it, to me, it felt forced. is because like it was supposed to be this heartfelt scene, and then all of a sudden, here's more jokes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it still works, so. Yeah, the jokes worked for me. I thought it was funny yeah. just seeing Tommy just slowly erupt at a bunch of kids. <laughs> Um, yeah, also, uh, on their first sale, like, first off, they go out on the road, and David Spade is just laying into Tommy, Uh like, calling him fat, say, like, like, in the trailer, like, oh, I can feel you getting fatter, or whatever. Calling him dumb. Yeah. Which is just hilarious. Um, but they get to their first sale, and (laughs) I love how Richard goes through his whole, like, spiel. And he's like, you, son, you got to speak my language. And Tommy's like, I can do that. And he does this whole thing with the model cars. <laughs> that was good. And I was just like, dude. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't sell them. I, I mean. I mean, he did kind of ruin, ruin a bunch of model cars. Yeah, but like, <laughs> just, if you think about like, it, the message was spot on. It's like, hey, you use our cars. You're not going to get into this flaming accident that's going to murder your entire family. To buy our parts. God. Just the fact that he was like, I thought he was going to stop. And then you just see him. He's like lighting the car on fire. It's yeah. like, dude, you made your point. Yeah. Chris Farley does. He does it a lot. And I love it. He'll he'll be like doing the screaming comedy. And then he'll just cut to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you see what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yep. Works for me every time. Like I said, oh, yeah. I'm like a little dumb baby. If you do something that I like and keep doing it, I'm gonna keep liking it. Oh yeah. Um. I also enjoyed like after that scene where they're at going to get gas and stuff like that. I like scenes where you can, like, the focus is obviously what's going on in the background versus what's going on in the foreground. <laughs> like when. David Spade is up asking for directions and you can clearly see through the window that Tommy is, has broken his car and is trying to fix it. Just, I don't know. I love those, like those kind of shots and you, you get it a little bit in Halloween in 2018 Halloween, uh, which I think we talked about last week Mm -hmm. where like you can see Michael Myers killing someone in the background of a shot. I don't know. There's that, that focus that, that type of shot is just so unique and cool to me. So I had to call that one out. Yeah. I like scenes like that. Um, but is this, um, is this where the deer comes? We're, uh, we're talking about the deer as well. Yeah. So they hit a deer because they were distracted, and they just stu- instead of just pushing it to the side of the road, they loaded up into their car. So, did they actually hit the deer, or did the deer have a heart attack? I think they hit the it deer. It looked well because when you look at the car, there's no damage on the front end, and that was a big ass deer. Like, there's gonna be some damage if you hit it. Well, especially since like one of the jokes is like, "Look how fucked up this guy's car gets." Like, yeah, uh, Tommy goes in reverse and accidentally like doesn't shut his door so now the door's falling off like it would have made sense if they hit the deer and then it's like oh like your car is shaped like a u now yeah but when you look at the car it's not it's like totally fine on the front end so i think i think that deer had a heart attack 
and died and died in the middle well, quote unquote died in the middle of the road. Yeah, that's the thing. It uh it it didn't die so mm. that they could set up it coming back to life and just absolutely destroying yeah, the, it, what was it left of their car. car. <laughs> just I don't even That was another scene I didn't really like, to be honest. I was just like, eh, you know. I could do without it. My thing is, I don't like when they do like the, the shock looks in each direction. Like, yeah, it's it's right ahead of you. You're not you're not looking on the other side of the highway. True, true. Um, I did like how I don't know if you noticed, but like the deer scene happens, and then the very next shot, they're at the what is it like the Deer Gulch Motel or something like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. I like that. Um, and then also, I just want to point out uh, when they're in that motel and Chris Farley does the the fat guy little coat thing. Mm-hmm. That was actually something that Chris Farley used to do to David Spade in real life, on like in the writers' room of SNL when they were writing, mm-hmm. and David Spade hated it, absolutely hate because he would do it all the time to just distract Spade from writing and doing his work. He would just be like, "Hey." Hey David. Big guy, hey. little coat. Big guy, and he would wait until coat. he gets his attention to be like, "Fat guy in a little coat." So when when they did it, when he did it on set, it was Spade actually didn't like it. He despised him doing it. <laughs> it, it was a clean rip though. Once he actually like ripped his jacket, mm-hmm. clean right down the middle. Ten ten, no notes. 10 out of 10, no notes. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready for the next scene. Yeah. So while while this is actually happening, um, it's revealed at a Callahan-sponsored carnival. I guess they, they have money for that. Um, That's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's revealed that Beverly and Paul are actually a couple. They're not mom and son. Um, That's kind of important for the movie, just yeah fyi just a little bit just a little bit (laughs) um but yeah so after they're striking out on all their sales pitches they go to a diner and tommy nails a sales pitch to a waitress there because he wants to get some uh some wings (laughs) some chicken wings some chicken chicken wings uh so he nails the sales pitch to her to get her to turn the stove on and they kind of realize like okay we here we actually have an approach that works like you know how to talk to people and like read people and i'm smart essentially so they start to formulate their game plan and it works they start nailing sales left and right all over the country but back at home paul is hearing about all the success he's getting worried because uh they're beverly and paul are con artists so they just married tom to get his money they ended up getting half of uh callahan's auto so they want to sell it so that they can actually get money so paul starts trying to sabotage them uh he ends up changing their sales info on a company computer and all the orders end up being 
incorrect and canceled. So when uh, Tommy Boy and Richard come back thinking that they had hit their goal, turns out half the orders got canceled. Uh, the bank pulls out of their agreement and they are going to have to be sold. So, yeah, I I think um, I do like that revelation scene. I thought that was actually a really well crafted scene, mm-hmm. especially right after the fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also like being so, I work in marketing and I work closely with salespeople. It's cool for me to see like how Tommy's personality, like who he is, is so perfect for sales like he is that outgoing kind of i can talk to anyone it doesn't really matter kind of person Mm -hmm. and he gets people to like him it's and it's cool to see that like it's just all he has to do is just relax and not get nervous and boom salesperson i think that works for me yeah yeah because i think that is a true thing it's kind of just like he clearly is not a calm person. Mm-hmm. He's not really able to think things through. So when he can just pick up on like what your interests are, like the first scene where he actually makes a sale is with a guy who's like, your boxes don't have guaranteed on them. Like what, how, why not? Like I got to sell stuff that's guaranteed. And he's able to twist that. Like, I can sell you a box of my shit, slap a guaranteed sticker on it, and it's guaranteed. Like it was it was a good revelation scene, I would say, yeah. where it finally all came together. Yep. Um I don't know. How did you guys feel about the second hotel scene? Is this the one with the um The woman? The woman. It that that oh. kind of just felt forced in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh David Spade is just kinda like peeping on this attractive woman going by the or just skinny dipping in the pool. Just Which is wild. That's a absolutely batshit crazy thing to do. Yeah, he's 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 it's quite the, literally jerking off to well, her. I think um that was like Chris Farley's actual real life partner, right? I think. Jesus. Was it? I think so. Oh my god. <laughs> Pretty sure. That's nuts. Oh my goodness! Well, that that yeah, that just makes me not like the scene even more. Nah. <laughs> um, I also, although I will say, I did like the third motel scene when he's knocking on the the thing. He's like housekeeping. Oh yeah, that was a good <laughs> one. Housekeeping. Go away, housekeeping. <laughs> For the love of God, let me sleep. Housekeeping, want me to jerk you off? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of hotel you running here? Yeah, house. I don't. It's just I. I've said like I've done the housekeeping thing in real life. I I never knew that. That's what it was from. Yep. <laughs> so it was cool to see like actually where where that was from. Yeah, I I didn't know that either. Hmm. Um. I also liked. Uh, uh, I I liked that. This movie, like, throughout the movie, I expected them to somehow to fail. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, like, they weren't, they weren't going to be able to do it. I really liked that they actually was like, oh, no, they, 
did it. They were successful. But for this reason, outside of their control, they still failed. I don't know. I For whatever reason, I just I enjoyed that little twist. Because, I mean, if you had just shown me like the plot of the movie, and like, oh, yeah, they couldn't do it and came home failures. And then something happened, and they were like, oh, it's actually a win. Yeah, it's like... No, I like the turned it on its head yeah it's kind of like oh the entire movie is them trying to uh make the sales and at the right before the bank is going to pull their funding they're able to make that big sale to keep it going Mm -hmm. no that's why like this was like i want to say the halfway point or close to it and they were like oh no we hit our goal we can go home yeah yeah right i was like wow okay (laughs) Um, I do wish we had more of them on the road, though, because David, because Chris and David on the road, <laughs> would was awesome. Yeah, it was just so much fun. Yeah, they. Did. I did like um, right before like the diner, uh, like they get into a fight, and mm-hmm. Chris Farley's just like, "Give me your best shot." Boom, gets punched in the face. He's like, huh, "Was that a strong breeze or something?" Boom, gets punched again. And they just keep doing this, and all of a sudden, David Spade just comes in with like a plank of wood and just bashes him across the face. <laughs> like, oh, yep, that'll do yeah, it. You got me. <laughs> oh man. All right, and uh, I think are we ready for the next uh, next section? Yeah. So this is basically the end, the ending section if you will the cool down mm-hmm. not even the cool down but ignore me uh so <laughs> rewind so they technically don't hit their goal banks backing out they're going to be sold so tommy has the idea of going to zelensky's who i mentioned when he was like the big auto dealer who was going to buy their company and try to convince him not to buy their plant. Uh, there's a scene at the airport after Michelle, Michelle and Tommy had gotten into a fight over why the uh, thing broke or their orders weren't tracked. Right. And she sees Paul and Beverly kissing, which is when she realizes, Oh, that's not right. Goes to the cops. That'll come back later. So Tommy and Richard, Hitch a flight to Chicago posing as flight attendants, which somehow works. They're able to get to Chicago, not in handcuffs. Um, But when they go to Zelensky, he refuses. He wants to buy the Callahan name, essentially, just so he can buy that brand loyalty and shut down their plant, putting other people out of a job. So, Tommy... After they got kicked out because Tommy had staked all of his shares and like they didn't achieve their goal. So he technically had no positions with the company anymore. Tommy gets kicked out and he goes back by pretending to be a suicide bomber, which gets him into the sales meeting, uh, which also gets a camera crew to come with him. And he gets Zelensky on camera to buy half a million brake pads which is enough for them to hit their bank goal uh and it's also revealed here or not revealed um michelle has the police reports 
saying that Beverly and Paul are married and are also wanted criminals. Um, actually, it was just Paul. Beverly was fine. Paul is a wanted criminal. So technically, her marriage to Big Tom was never legal. So she doesn't have any shares with Callahan Auto. They're all with Tommy. So Tommy shuts down the sale to Zelensky. He saves the company. Paul gets arrested. And Beverly just gets a nice dinner with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, apparently. Uh, so Tommy's the hero. Save the day for the town of Sandusky. Horrible name. And gets appointed <laughs> the president of Callahan Auto. With this movie ending with Tommy back on that boat. Talking to his dad. It's a good little heartfelt scene. And he asks his dad for a gust of wind so he can go and finally move. And he does get that breeze. That's how this movie ends. Yay. Happy endings. Mm. Um, the bees. We got to talk about oh, the bees. Oh, the bees. <laughs> the bees. <laughs> now, when I tell you, you run out screaming. <laughs> Uh, just that is slapstick that works. Like some of this movie had some kind of okay slapstick scenes. That one works so well. It's just he just runs out of cover. Like, I do like that it actually works. Yeah, because right? like they, they were getting yeah. chased by not even chased by the cops, but he Tommy's just like just follow my lead. He gets out screaming, ah, the bees! They're all over us. And the cops are like, well, I don't want to deal with that. We'll come back. With, well, we'll we're, come back later. Like, we're both. Aller- I think they were both like, right, I'm allergic. Are you? Or yeah. Something like that. They're both allergic to the bees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to both bring up the bank scene when he robbed. Like, oh, dude, that was- <laughs> I have an I have an announcement. Everyone just drops down on the ground. Uh, like the cops just slide him the gun, and he's like, Oh boy. And I do like that those cops also are getting interviewed by that news crew and they're like oh he came behind us and just repeatedly was hitting my head with a hammer i had no choice and the little boy (laughs) the little boy was like uh it's the command that robbed the bank or something like that yeah yep oh my god so funny um before they get to chicago when they're on the the uh, the airplane had another one of my favorite lines i have two more lines that i loved in this movie and it was when Chris Farley was talking to the flight attendant, and he goes, "What are we serving tonight? Chicken or chicken?" It's <laughs> <laughs> just the delivery there; it's perfect. Like you can't make it any better. Yeah. That there's a scene with him like trying to change in the bathroom, and yeah. I only bring this up because I have had an experience where I'm not like a big guy. But I'm like kind of a wider guy. Like I got a broad set of shoulders on me. And I've tried to change in a very small space. And I've had a very similar experience to what he had. Where he just (laughs) essentially just everything is just in his way. And he ends up falling out. Been there, done that. Yep. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and he does too. Like he... Gets his head, it gets his feet stuck in the toilet. It's tie stuck head. in the Something toilet. Something comes down and conks his head. And it's like, oh my a lot of God. stuff hits his head. Yeah, well, yeah, throughout this movie, he. D- I, I, 
all right. One of my theories is that he's so dumb because I, I can't, you know, you look at the amount of times stuff hits him in the head in this movie and you count that to the rest of his life. He's got to have had many concussions. <laughs> Easily. Easily. And he was a rugby player. Yeah. So. Yeah. CTE is his middle name. Uh, yeah. Um. Right next to to boy, his name is his his full name is uh Tommy Boy C T E Callahan the third. The third. Um, I did write that down too. The amount of time Tommy hits his head on things is absurd. I had that written down. Yeah. Um, also Dan Aykroyd is in this movie for like twenty minutes and he rocks every. He moment. has the dumbest haircut <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh my god! But it is. Um, I found it so funny. Once, like, yeah. you know, Paul and Beverly get busted. Paul's like trying to escape the cops, and Dan Aykroyd is just like, "Well, why don't we get lunch?" Yeah. Just, I do like a bottle of wine his, or something. Yeah, I actually have the quote up here because that's one of one of. I have one more after this, but he says, uh, "Marty." He goes like in perfect beat. Marty, find out where the police are going to be taking him. Send over a bottle of bubbly with a bucket of ice and a card. Have it say, tough break, get drunk on me, use the bucket of ice to down your marbles, your Z. And it's just like the delivery, it's so good. It's, yeah. It's like every time. So snappy. This movie just, oh. It, like without missing a beat, he says it. And it's like, wow. this guy. It's like either this guy really is like kind of scummy or he's seen this before. And he's like, all right, you know what to do. Yeah. Well, he has his assistant just right there at the ready. Yep. Yeah, this is true. Um, and then uh, also when he gets into the uh, into the elevator, <laughs> just like, what a little heavy on the pine tree scent. <laughs> <laughs> it's taxi cab air freshener. Good, you've pinpointed it. Step two is washing it out. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Um, but I think my f- all-time favorite... Uh, moment in this film has been ta- they're on the bench after they fail with Zelensky, <laughs> and Tommy's like, "Oh, you know, my dad died, and I go, this factory's gonna shut down, and all this like woe is me stuff." And then uh, as the end of it, the the bench just breaks, it just <laughs> right falls off the, and he goes, "Could have done without that." <laughs> It's so good every time. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm realizing more and more how much I really, really like Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool to see them actually like come together and save the day at the end. Yeah, I also found it funny how Richard had a toupee. Nev- never oh, would have guessed God. that. Nope, it looks so good. Yeah, and then once it gets blown off. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> and, yeah, that little nod at the end too. He's like, pointing to he's his like, head. points to his head. He's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I did like, um, I did like the scene when like Tommy's back. He's president now, and he's like talking to the where or like talking to the entire company. He's like giving everyone shout outs, and he's like, and Paul, I lost my virginity to your daughter. Everyone starts cheering, and Paul's like, "What the fuck, man?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "And Chris, you were there with me, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Although, all right, this is where I want to point out I was talking about uh, before us recording. Did you notice that when he's introduced at the end as the new president, it's like, new president, Tom Callahan Jr. But his name's Tom Tom Callahan III, and it's on the door at the beginning of the movie. Huh. Hmm. They, I mean, that's just totally messed up. They messed it up. I, Did they I kill was like, someone I in, his, that. in his bloodline? Apparently. But I was like, wait a minute. I had actually had to rewind while I was, like, after I finished the movie, I was like, there's no way. I, I must have been thinking about, no, but yeah, no, his name is actually Tom Callahan the third, and they introduced him as Tom Callahan Jr. Tom Callahan Jr. the second. Seventh in his name. Uh, what do you guys think of the the final scene, the boat scene? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty heartfelt. You know, he's saying like, oh, "I miss you, Dad. I know you'd be proud of me." Yeah, they did the gag of like, "Oh, he does get the breeze after he asked his dad for the yeah. breeze," and it the uh, the sail like hits him in the back of the head. But I still liked it. Yeah, I mean, like when I saw that, I'm like, "There's definitely gonna be a breeze, and it's gonna be cliche like that." But I, I, I it wasn't bad, you know. It was. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with the cliche. Yeah, especially in this kind of movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um. All right. Well, we have stripped away. Uh, we have uh we have gone through this movie scene by scene, moment by moment. And now I think it's time for our our uh, our ratings. Uh, Connor, why don't we start with you? Yeah, I gave this movie a three and a half knee slaps out of five. <laughs> Fun watch. I'd definitely watch it again. Definitely. Uh, I'd definitely put it on for a party. Shout out, Quinn. All right. Um, so what'd you what'd you give it? Three and a half. Three point five. And Sam, I gave this movie also a three point five. Um, chuckles out of five. <laughs> out of five. Three point five right. barrels of laughs. And I am giving this a solid three out of five. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I very much three enjoyed out of five it. What? Uh, oh, three out of five Chris Farley head knocks. All right. Um, or three out of five. Holy shnikes. <laughs> How about that? Um, no, it was a fun movie. It's It was really just, I mean, it was good. There's nothing. I, it was like one of those entertaining movies where, you know, you know what you get when you go into it. Mm-hmm. Um. So that puts us at an average rating of a 3.3, which if we take a look at our list of, uh, of movies that we've been watching, puts us at fifth. Um, right below Friday the 13th Part 2, right above 10 Things I Hate About You. So, Not bad, not bad. Yeah. All right. Um, so, final thing that we need to do 
is spin the wheel. Spin. Oh boy. That wheel. All right. So last week we spun Tommy Boy. We also also spun Uncle Buck. So I'm not including either of those this time, obviously. Uh, but let's see what we get. First choice. Drum roll, please. We've got. <laughs> Meet the parents. Oh jeez. Oh hello. Um, and for our second choice to debate, drum roll again. We've got drum roll, please. Ooh, barely, barely eking out uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. We've got grown-ups. <laughs> oh, do we double up with some David Spade? I think I think we should double up with some David Spade. Um. Yeah, I, my vote is for grown-ups. Yeah, I'll go grown-ups, too. Yeah, I like grown-ups. All right. A unanimous grown-ups decision. So, next week's episode, we will be watching Grown-Ups, the Adam Sandler movie. Um, but yeah, no. David Spade movie. And also featuring <laughs> David Spade. <laughs> and the guy that uh, Will Smith bitch-slapped. <laughs> Uh, so if you like this episode, uh, please give us a follow, leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us out and we really, really appreciate it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We also have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, and we're working on right now setting up a YouTube as well. Uh, so we can get, uh, our live or live, our full versions of our podcast out there. Uh, so check us out on all those places. Um, I also want to thank Josh Woodward for our theme music. It's really great. We love it. Um, Check out our new website, too. It's uh, filmboxpod.com. You can see all of our uh, podcasts there. You can listen right on the website. And also, you can see some of our uh, new movie reviews. We've got two out there right now. We've got a lot more planned. Uh, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, we've got merch. Go to our Redbubble. Check out our merch. And finally, we've got Letterboxd. Each of us individually has a Letterboxd profile. You can check us out there see our opinions on all the movies we've been watching this year. Um, but yeah, no, I think with that said, we can end it off on a, on a high note. And this has been the film box podcast. We'll see you next time. See you. Chucksters. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way and the best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your shows can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, as well as getting you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a pay plan, and it helps support our show. 
we use Buzzsprout, and honestly, it's really great. Um, I uh, I use it to track all of our um, where we're where we're being listed. Our we get our own website. It's really just a fantastic service, and I would recommend it to anyone that's interested in starting a podcast. Buzzsprout helps you get your show listed on every major podcast platform. That takes one of the hardest steps in creating a podcast out of the equation for you, thanks to Buzzsprout's help. And if you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. Plus, it helps you navigate how to do things, how to market your show, how to make money off your show, how to do all sorts of stuff. It's all right there for you to use. Honestly, it's not hard when you have the right partners and buzzsprout is absolutely one of the best partners you can have out there they care about you they're passionate about helping you succeed with your show so if you're interested in signing up uh for buzzsprout use the link in uh, in the description of, of the show here it'll like we said it'll get you 20 dollars amazon gift card and it helps it supports us and we appreciate it greatly and now back to the show Ooh. 